we um yeah so i think we can dive straight into it because i don't know about you but i need to respect my age and get to bed at some point <laughs> let's get Hello and welcome to a bit of a special Netflix versus cinema because Sean, as we had said on the show last week, has swarmed off to America. He's going around there attending baseball games. Oh no, it was American football games or something like that. Probably doing basketball uh, and hopefully wearing a Stetson while doing all of this. And Sharon, it is Sharon's birthday week. So Sharon is busy having a week long of celebrations. And if you're lucky enough, you've been invited enough. If you're like me, you've rebuffed that invitation and got i'm sorry i'm busy but sharon is not around so joining me instead is our london correspondent and that is holly holly how are you doing i'm very well how about yourself i am doing well i'm doing well i have to say it has been an emotional week of watching things <laughs> that it has it has been an emotional week of watching things for me uh i know i know for you it has been emotion on a whole other level of things but <laughs> yeah yeah but, yep. but how, how have you been doing this week it's been a it i have the obligatory seasonal cold yep. um which is has been fueling all of the extra catching up on films that need to be seen before oscar night so i have to say that's been a it's been a good focus all right oh, okay, cool. so so with this that so you're talking about this in oscar night so you and the and steph the steph of legend that we, yes. that we keep hearing about but uh but and unfortunately has had to go and save some like you know ungrateful people's lives so yeah apparently <laughs> so isn't uh isn't with us this evening so tell me all about this do you guys do this yearly you try and watch everything that's oscar worthy or that's up for the oscars and then do you watch the oscar night or how does that well work? we we had been planning on this is still very very much in a sort of evolutionary stage yeah the plan has been to try to watch everything of any real note that's been nominated and we were hoping yep that we were going to be able to sit up and watch the oscars albeit in different locations but apparently she's on call on monday morning so <laughs> that's not going to work so we have a pact that we are both going to not pay any attention to the news not turn on the news until we're both awake and have an agreed news source so we can then read the um uh, read the outcomes at the same time and be um be uh, in in agreement or horror at the decisions that have been made uh, all right so so with that uh so it, but do you guys usually do this do this like regularly or is, it, is this a new thing for 2020 well this is this is the new thing for 2020 it's been aspirationally in previous years we'd hoped to see everything but this year we've really said we are going to do it <laughs> we can we can achieve having seen everything or nearly everything and we are the majority of the way there the, we are this... still does this include oh. like you know things that are up for the best animated movie and things that are up for the best short and the documentaries and everything? I haven't made it through all of those, I have to admit. But okay. we've um, we're doing all of the main categories, uh, and I think the only ones that we haven't got in, and we haven't seen all of the animations. They will have seen some, and haven't seen the documentaries. But I'm going to be going through and watching them now, obviously, to um. And I haven't, and we haven't seen all of the foreign language ones either. But again, I'm working through that at the moment. All right. 
if you can catch Parasite, well worth it. Uh, 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 going to going to see it on Friday. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, and it's obviously going to win. But <laughs> uh, well, that that's what we reckon as well. But uh, uh, all right. So so with that, because last week on the podcast we had a little bit of an Oscar chat. We had a little bit of an award season chat in general, and we went and oh. Uh, I think it was a general thing of all of us, but me particularly, I was talking about how I'm just not that impressed or I'm, I'm just not that interested in this award season because I'm looking at the, a lot of the things I'm looking at and I, I'm getting more and more aware that people are voting for this and that there is some weird politics involved, which makes me feel like mm. I, I'm not particularly inspired by the crop of films in this award season. How do you, how do you see it? There's definitely things that I really liked that's that are around and the things that are up for it in many cases are definitely very good are they the absolute list that i would have gone with no um yeah i think that's it certainly does feel particularly after after the um after the baftas it you know you look at the 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 diversity or lack thereof and and the fact that people don't seem to notice that that might be indicative of something not quite working (laughs) (laughs) just putting it out there controversial suggestion yeah um does yeah it does sort of leave a, a slightly odd taste in one's mouth i suppose and there are also films that it feels sort of surprising are there or surprising they aren't there. Um, okay, what's what's your biggest shock that isn't there? Well, having not seen it yet, but I think Queen Slim, from everything I hear about it, is really really good. Yeah, um, and I, it's all of the all of the stuff I've seen. It felt like it ought to be. It absolutely ought to be up there. Um, I'm also a little frustrated with the number of categories that Joker's in on the basis that the more I think about, and I've said this to you before, the more I think about it, the less good I think it is. I, I have to agree whilst, with that. I, I really have to. Yeah, I, I'm, <laughs> I, I, think it, I think it's one of those things where if I watched the film and I was like, yeah, well, it's all right, yeah, it's not that big. And, you, and it's like, you could let it lie and you could just leave it alone. But then when everybody else starts making this big deal about it, and like the the bigger the deal more people make about it, the more you go, what the? No! No! Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't going to say exactly. anything, but this is not worth <laughs> it. It's, it's really, it's, the more time's gone by, the more it's really got up my nose. Yeah. Because there are so many things about it. I don't, I don't understand how this is a how this is such a big deal. I mean, Joaquin Phoenix is obviously superb. I mean, he's a brilliant actor and he portrays the role really well, but it's not a particularly interesting role. It doesn't mm. do anything particularly clever. Mm. There's nothing innovative. Um, I had to deal with a whole load of people with um, uh, mental health conditions incessantly whining on a, on a Facebook group about whether or not it was going to be triggering to watch it. And I just kept wanting to say, no, of course it's not. Be a grown-up. This film has no bearing on reality. It's all ridiculous. And not that good. But I, I didn't do that because that wouldn't have been helpful. <laughs> I may have done this a little bit, if I'm honest, but, but you know, slightly more muted tone than, what's wrong with you people? It's, I mean, I mean, I knew what the answer to that was because it was on the label of the group, but you know, yeah. in more specific context in this yeah. case. So it's it. That's my that's my bugbear for over presence. 
Well, yeah, yeah, I would, I would agree uh, because uh, I was trying to think. I was uh, because I was thinking of a film that I saw and I thought, oh, no, no, this should be at the Oscars. This should. Oh, actually, I'm just going to go a bit spoilery. I saw Queen and Slim. It's going to be the first one we talk about today, and I was thinking, oh my god, yeah, this should be. Then I was thinking, but what film would I kick out of the? And I was like, oh, then straight away, I just oh yeah, I would kick Joker out. I would kick Joker out straight away. Yeah, <laughs> I'll it's quick, a. I'll quick and insert this in. So it's it's um. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, uh, of all the films that you've seen, what are the ones that you've enjoyed the most? The ones that you, the ones that you have seen, the ones that you enjoyed the most that you think, um, oh yeah, that I think deserves to be up in all these Oscar hoopla. That isn't there. Oh no, that is there. Um, is there? Um, Little Women. I'm really pleased is there. Okay. Um, I'm sorry that um, Just Mercy isn't. As well, actually, and I know you, you, you and I don't quite see eye to eye on that as whether or not it's you know it's necessarily doing anything new. But I thought it was really good, and I'm sorry it hasn't had some some recognition. So, so, um, so when you talk about just mercy, okay, so let's uh, let's so for for what what categories would you put just mercy in? Ooh, that's an excellent question. I think I hadn't really got much further than it really ought to be in there somewhere. Um, Part of me feels like it's well, it's as as worthy of best picture as um as Joker is, frankly. Well, it's better than if Joker, yeah. <laughs> by by some some margin. Yeah. Um, so I could see I could see best picture as a legitimate um, a legitimate run. I'm not sure that I'd give anyone individually best actor, and I'm not entirely sure who would technically qualify as supporting, but. Yeah, I think it's probably a best picture, and I'm not quite sure where I'd go. And I really liked what they did with the music, and I don't know how much of it was original, mm-hmm. but I thought that the use of music in it was particularly good. Um, it was one of the things I, I commented on walking out about how well constructed I thought it had been. Okay. Uh, and I was I was really hit by it. And there were a lot of films where, you know, the music just sort of swishes along in the background, not doing anything. Yeah, it just but along, when yeah. Yeah, but when you when you get to the, there are points that you go, yes, that's perfect. You know that well they're doing something right, yeah. and it feels like it's like it's worthy of it's worthy of comment. Yeah. Um, let's see what else we had earlier last year. Oh, Le Mans sixty six, I loved, and I'm really pleased to see that. I don't know that's in that's in the offings. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I thought it was superb. It's one of my favourite films of last year. Yeah. Um, Pain and Glory definitely pleased that's in there because whilst it was odd, to say the <laughs> least, it was excellent. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm running through my list of things that we've pulled through from last year. Um, Judy, I thought was great. Okay. Uh, so I thought that, I, yeah, that was so, a brilliant so you, film. And I thought, you happy with Renny Zellweger winning the battle? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would. I think I am. I mean, it's, it's one of those things. Certainly, with um, um, with the Oscars list, I looked at everybody in there and thought, "There's nobody in there I would be unhappy with winning it." There's nobody I'd say doesn't deserve to be up for consideration. And she does seem to be the the leading contender for um, uh, for the best actress. Yeah. Um. So I don't think that would necessarily be ill, ill done. 
Uh, I am also very pleased to finally have um, a Marvel film up there and see um, to see Endgame in the mix. Oh, is Endgame one for Best Picture? It's not for Best Picture, no. It's for um, something that I cannot remember across yeah, because... off the top of my head, but it is in the list at last. Uh, well, as... well, Black Panther was up for Best Picture last year. Oh, it was, wasn't it? I'd forgotten yeah. about that. Now, actually, Black, Black Panther, Panther, I Black Panther would actually, have been a worthy... Yeah, it actually won two Oscars. That's really good going. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it's nice to see it then. It's nice to see it happening again because I'd forgotten Black Panther had done that well and that yeah. was a superb film and I would have been really happy with that getting Best Picture as I've watched it probably 15 times now. Oh, um, yeah. It's one of those... Oh, last year was Green Book. Uh, yes. Oh, and good Green Lord. Book was... I really, and Green Book was excellent, I have to say. No, that is, I really, I really, really did like Green Book, but Best Picture, I'm like, really? <laughs> I'm like... Mm. And the music worked so perfectly in it. Yeah. And it did have that lovely feel of sort of transformative relationships. Yeah, but that's, that's, but the thing is, it's my problem with Green Book is that it was too neat. It was too... It, it was kind of essentially, right, watching Green Book, you, it's a kind of film that you walk out of the cinema and you think, well, that's it, we've solved race relations. <laughs> and, yeah, and, and the film was done in that way. It's kind of like it's it's a crowd pleaser, and it's a very good crowd pleaser. But I think it it massively simplifies a whole bunch of things, which I don't know. Maybe you might need or something like that. But I just kind of thought uh, for oh, it's like it's for a barnstorm of a film. It's fine and everything like that. For a film that makes you think and you say, oh yeah, this is this. Okay, let me put it this way for. If I'm going to put my some film snob hat on, and if you're going to talk about mm. a film that makes you go, oh my god, yes, this is what we can achieve with cinema. Green Book yeah. isn't it. So, so I was, no. I was really, really, it's, it's a, it's a massive crowd pleaser, and apparently that's what that, that's what that's what people wanted, and it's, and there's, the, and there's a little bit of me, and this is, this is me getting mega cynical, mega cynical. Yeah. But there's a little bit of me that feels like there's some people who went, oh yeah, Green Book, let's put it, let's show them, yeah, Oscars ain't so white after all. You see, white comes together, black comes together. What a lovely world we make. We sorted it, Oscars. Yeah. Now, now we can go vote for a whole bunch of white guys again. But. <laughs> and it's such an interesting one as well because you're right. It doesn't show you the world being changed but how much can you show the world being changed in something that's a, a true story you know it's yeah but, but even within this true story i feel like they have they have ironed out the wrinkles in that to mm. such a, a extent to such a oh yeah and they were best friends forever mm. <laughs> and it's I think that they've ironed out all the wrinkles of it being such a true story to such an extent as to make it feel like uh, you've taken it and instead you've made you've made a popcorn movie. So it's mm. but, but anyway, but that was last year. Let's talk about figure over that. Yeah. But let me put it this way: I am fully expecting. Well, unless 1917 wins, I'm fully expecting to wake up the day after Oscars because I don't watch the ceremony. I don't. I have better things to do with my life. And it's, it's like sleeping. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, I'm fully expecting to wake up, and unless 1917 wins, to be like, oh my god, that? How did they pick that? I mean, if Joker wins Best Picture, <laughs> I, 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 I'm already. I, when it comes to the Academy and Oscars, I am already teetering on like very shaky ground. <laughs> and, <laughs> and if Joker wins, I think I'm just going to be like, I'm out. 
about I, you and I obviously have totally different thing, aims in life. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at the, the list straight ahead of me now because I thought I must make sure everything's fresh in my brain. And Ford versus Ferrari after the more 66, yeah. I would be really happy with getting best picture. I appreciate it would be quite an unusual one to get best picture. As I have just discovered, there has never been a, um, a motor racing film nominated for best picture before. So, yay. Uh, well, but um, also it isn't direct. It's not nominated for best director. And if you don't, no. if you're not nominated for best director, then I'm sorry. I don't think you can win best picture. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. Um, the Irishman, way too long. Mm. Oh dear God, was that too long? <laughs> it's, uh, it was fine, but it, it, it's it, good. It's really good, but uh. yeah, I, I, I mean, I fell asleep. Obviously, I fell asleep because I was sitting <laughs> on the sofa, and you know, give me the opportunity, and I fall asleep. There's almost nothing I haven't fallen asleep in, but it was not able to to keep me gripped for the best part of four hours that it required. Yeah, uh, Jojo Rabbit, I really liked. Steph really didn't like. Right. Um, a bit surprised it's up for best picture we think it may be one of those things you need to be in the right headspace to watch and to appreciate but it's a bit of a well the thing is the thing about it is that Hollywood definitely has the, the Oscars they have tropes if you make a movie that is about Hollywood especially if it's about Hollywood being the good guys it's usually going to do well at the Oscars if you make a movie about yes. World War 2 it's usually going to do well at the Oscars so if you go back through the Oscars and you look at the um look at the winners i'm actually interested to find out how many of the winners have been world war ii movies and how many of the movie uh, winners have been movies about hollywood so it's uh, and when you think about the people who vote for it they're like oh yeah you know, all that kind of stuff but so mm. so i think jojo rabbit being a bit of a different take on world war ii i uh, it is it uh, and I don't think this is why it was made in the least, but it has it has very sort of Oscar baity qualities about it. That yeah, that um, that I can well when you look at the voting populace of the Oscars, they would be like, oh yeah, let's do that. So so well, I might not have put it there myself. When you look at the numbers, you can understand why it's there. It's yeah, there's there's logic, and obviously Joker completely bemuses us. Yeah. Why? Yeah. But you know. <laughs> I know everybody's allowed to make bad decisions sometimes. I, I just feel um, like I just feel like uh, like all the people who vote for it on mass. They were told Joker is the film of the year, and they were like, "Oh, oh, oh okay." <laughs> you will not. You are not allowed to question this decision. This is the case. Yeah. It's um, it's Little Women's quite an interesting one then because I loved it and it did some things that. I thought were much better than had been in previous um, depictions of it. Yep. Um, I really like what they did with Amy, but it was also quite frustrating that uh, Laurie was too young and uh, Professor Bear was so much too young that that's <laughs> the more I look back at it, the more I'm a little bit frustrated by, even though I think it was brilliantly acted brilliantly done everything about it was brilliant there are these two things those two characters now niggle yeah um, i will have to see how it feels when i watch it again but i'm hoping that i will continue to focus on the bits that i love mm. um and not get caught up in those two minor annoyances yeah I, I'm, i've got to be honest with you the the inclusion of little women feels a little bit like uh it feels like uh mm. Tokenism is not quite the right word. But, 
No, but I do know what you mean. Yeah, it feels almost as if it's like, okay, fine, we've given you something. Will you now shut up about equality? So, yeah, <laughs> it feels it, it feels a little bit like that because I don't think I don't think Little Women is going to win anything. I, I really, no, I really don't think it's going to win anything. Um, so it's a, but hey, but anyway, I don't think it does anything particularly new. Um, other than other than the approach to some of the characterizations, it's not in it in and of itself something never seen before all right we are going to start talking about actual films yes yes we should do that because we could because frankly we've got we've got a long way to go in running through all the things that may or may not win the oscars we'll be here till kingdom come so 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 let's go for what you said about that okay let's let's jump easy as a jumping off point about talking about little women and doing anything particularly new and i think and this might just be a case of me just turning 40 all of a sudden and realizing, you know what, maybe I should be thinking more like an old man. But it's, but <laughs> I, I think that there is, there is something, well, with film, it's, it's, it's okay. What's getting, becoming, what's beginning to get to me is what is the point of cinema? What is the point of making films? What is the point of actually putting stuff out there? And I think it is to sort of show a little bit of something and make you look at something from a different angle. And I feel when a film does that properly, then it's worth a mention. And I feel that Little Women does do that because Little Women has taken a film, a story that, as you said, has been dramatized over and over and over again and has made people look at it differently. It has made people look, it has, it has brought out elements from it that have, that maybe have always been there, but people have never really paid attention to. People have always sort of said, this is the characterization of all these different things and all that kind of stuff in there. And I think it's, and so that's why it's quite good. Um, that's quite good. And that is why, um, that's why I love this first one we're going to be talking about, which is Queen and Slim. Because mm. it's all about, I think, taking, one thing that cinema can be used for, that cinema can be brilliant at, is taking something that everybody thinks, okay, cool, I know what this is about. I know what this is about. This has been spoken on ad nauseum or ad infinitum. And putting a spin on it that makes you think, hang on a second, let me actually look at this. Let me look at this from a different point of view. And if it can make you feel something, and if it can put you in situations that you don't really think about, then I think it's a great film. (laughs) And... That's what I think Queen and Slim is. I have you might have already picked it up from me. I mean, you've seen you've seen things that I've written on social media about this. I think this is a great, great, great film because it is arguably the first Black Lives Matter movement um, film, which is uh, directed by Melina Mansukas, direct, um, written by Lena Waithe, and it's it's well, oh, the storyline, which is uh, what it is, is is that there's two people who meet up when the film starts. You meet them and they're on a date. They're on a Tinder date. And they're just sort of chatting and going through. You find a little bit about the two characters. And while they're driving away from their dates, um, they get stopped by a policeman. And it just is obvious that this policeman... Oh, by the way, these two people are black. I don't think I've mentioned that. And it is just obvious all the way through that this policeman just wants to harass them. He just wants to harass them. And it's just such a well-done scene that you just feel this creeping sort of like sense of harassment and this rising sense of dread that is that this is not going to go well and it it sort of captures that sort of like thing in the bottle of this is a one moment in a life that is just totally arbitrary nothing nothing is your fault whatsoever but this moment is going to change the course of your life and it it does that really really well so eventually what happens is that the policeman ends up getting getting killed by them in self-defense 
But because the woman um, is, who's played by Jodie Turner-Smith, who is brilliant in this, she's sort of like, she's a lawyer. And she the reason she actually goes out on the Tinder date in the first place is because she didn't want to be alone because her client had just been sentenced to death that morning. So she's a lawyer and she straight away looks at her and she goes, you're a black man in America who has just killed a cop. There's no way that you are getting uh, because he's quite a conscientious person he's quite like he has a sort of christian beliefs and all that and he just wants to be like he's like oh no i've got to do something about this he has all this guilt i've got to turn myself in and she's like no that is like the worst thing you could do you if you turn yourself in you are dead and it's yeah and so it's about them going on a run and going across america and then it becomes all about what this does to the black community in america how people rally around it and, but at the same time, it never loses sight of the fact it doesn't become an issue movie, if you get what I mean. Mm, at, yeah. the, at the heart of it, it's still about these two people. It's about these two people who, quite frankly, do not know each other. <laughs> because when when this whole thing started, they had they pretty much just met. They they just met for the first time. And then they end up like the destinies, if you want, are thrown together. And it's about them trying to figure out and work out what they're going to do on the hoof and how they meet different people along the way. And it becomes a bit like a road movie and an Odyssey movie. We've spoken recently on the podcast about 1917 and how that's kind of like, you know, this Odyssey movie where you move along, you meet this person, they move out of your life. You move on, you meet this other person, they move out of your life. And Queen and Slim has that kind of thing as well, where they just keep meeting people. And with the nature of the story, they have to go away because you're focusing on these two as they're going through everything. And I could not figure out where this film was going. I just could not figure out where it was going. I mean, up until five minutes from the end, I was not sure whether this was supposed to be a slice of brutal realism or whether it was supposed to be a hope-inducing piece of, like, you know, of escape, of escape, of, hey, yeah, wow, you know, this is great. Oh, maybe, maybe we can win something for once. Uh, which is kind of like a it's a narrative in America about black people and about how well they never win so and it's and up until five minutes from the end I could not figure out what kind of film this was I could not figure out where this film was going but I was just kind of I was sort of like I was tense throughout the whole film because I just wanted this I was like oh please please just get away with this because this isn't fair this isn't fair it's made me determined to not live in America as a black man, mm. it is. Made... I, I think a, a wise decision. I'm not sure that one wants to live in America when you're anyone yeah. other than possibly a white middle class man. Yeah, it, it, uh, it, it seriously made me go, oh my God, I, no, I don't think I can live there. It's maybe no one to, no to live in America. And I think more than any film that I have seen recently, it has stayed with me. Like bits of this film mm. keep flashing up in my head and, and just sort of set me off. <laughs> just get, they just keep flashing in my head. They just set me off, and I'm just like, "Oh my god, that's so." Be- and, because I think the really good thing that they do that that director Malina Matsukas does, Malina Matsukas and the writers do, is every step of the way, every development is believable. Every development mm-hmm. is, and they really put you in the points of view of, um, what would you do if you were in that position? How would you do that? Like even the even the inciting incidents, you're like, yeah. It doesn't. The yeah, I I really don't see what I don't see what options there were, <laughs> and it's yeah, and it's it's a beautiful beautiful film. It is well shot. It has this interludes where they break away from the plots to just have like a human moment, and some of them are just achingly beautiful. Some of them are just achingly longing, and they're just it's just a really really good film. I don't um. 
Uh, it might be because because I'm I don't know, maybe because I'm black and I'm closer to the subject matter because I'm thinking yeah if I was in America that could be me, um, but there's just I I don't think I have been this emotionally affected by a film in a long time. So Queen and Slim absolutely loved it, and weirdly enough, after all that, I think I'm only going to give it a four. <laughs> oh yeah I, I think it's a brilliant brilliant film i think that there are some sort of structural things that it does but i think it does it because it, it wants to have a wider a, a wider um impact and talk about wider impact on it which so but it doesn't quite work together but i still really 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 love the film but that's me mm. Slim. any questions that... oh i think i'm gonna have to wait until i've seen it yeah but it's Everything I've seen about it, I saw some of the uh, the cast on Graham Norton. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Which was Daniel Kaluuya and Jodie Turner. Yes, and he's wonderful. He's always wonderful. Everything he does is great. Yeah, I actually have to be looking at his career. I mean, I'm I'm like this guy's. He is building something like very, very so deliberately. Like you look at the films that he's been in, and you think this he's. He's been in good stuff. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he's, he's. I think he's going to be a, a one to keep watching. Yeah, because I, I, I've never seen him doing it, do anything badly. Yeah, and I hope it will. I hope it will continue that way. Yeah, and everything they said about it on Graham Norton, I was fascinated by, it. and I do not watch Graham Norton. It's one of the long list of programs that I find really uncomfortable viewing. Yeah. and it had Jim Carrey on it being creepy and weird and quite, quite frankly, rude to Margot Robbie. So, you know, that was hugely sexist um, so uncomfortable viewing but the one thing i got to walk away from that is discovering that jim carrey was still alive which was a bit of a surprise because <laughs> he seemed to have disappeared into you know, a, you know, a, a haze somewhere in the middle distance unfortunately yeah. he has come back um, and a few more insights into Winston, which i really now desperately want to see yeah um, and even more so after this yeah, and and I mean, I, I mean, I said on social media that um, because we've spoken about it on the on the podcast before and talked about how everybody said, oh, like you know, the fact that oh, the di- lack of diversity at all the award ceremonies and all that sort of stuff, and um, and uh, my point of view has always been, I'm not just going to say, oh, everybody there's white or everybody there's a white man, or mm-hmm. this shouldn't be the case. My thing is, uh, I'd rather go and say, oh no, no, this is a film that was made by or starring people who should have been there, who didn't end up being there. And I know you said, you you spoke about Just Mercy. I saw Just Mercy and I didn't think it was that great. I thought it was a bit generic. But this is a film that I'm like, I can fully throw my weight behind this film in that argument and say, now this should have been at the Oscars. Because when you talk about cinema telling you something new and doing something that you haven't really seen before and opening up worlds that that until now have not been have not been put out there on wide release. That's exactly what this film does. And it's exactly what a whole bunch of films that actually obviously for Oscars don't. So it's mm. so so I this is a film I I, I will open my foot and go okay cool I do not know what the Academy voters were watching I do not know what they were doing why is this not being spoken about why is this not up there so yeah there was part of me that wondered if it was to do with release dates but then I it suddenly struck me that um what's it but that Parasite isn't I think officially out until Friday is it? Well it's it's release um, it's release dates in, in America. the UK. 
So for the Oscars, yeah. it's release dates in America, and most of these films were released last year. Yeah. Yeah. And so I wondered if they were too late in terms of release dates. But when did Parasite get released in America? I don't know. I do not know when it, when it got released. I'm not sure it's... But but that's the thing, because Parasites was up for BAFTAs over here. Mm. So they must have had some sort of... There's probably some technical thing where it's like a, uh, it, it had been at a film festival, a London film festival, and then that made it qualify or something like that. But it's... Yeah. Yeah, but it but Parasite isn't on general release. Actually, no, no, no. That was a preview release that they saw the other week. Anyway, but yeah, Queen yeah it's Slim, Friday. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, Queen and Slim, great mm. film, and yeah, I could talk about it for ages. I would, uh, I could talk about it in a sort of spoilerific way. And if I kept talking about it, I know there's some scenes that I would recount that would probably, probably get me all choked up because I think it's a beautiful, beautiful film. Oh so, wow! Yeah, it it really, 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 really is. Uh, anyway, let's move on before I do get choked up and talk about. <laughs> let's go over to Netflix. And we're going to talk about. Uh, you have finished watching the second season of Sabrina. No, what, uh, what's it called now? Third series. Third. Third series of yes of the uh, the, the chilling adventures of Sabrina. And oh my third. God, do they keep coming? Yes, what, three the, whole series now. When did the second come out? Last year. Good lord! Good lord! It's, all right, so okay, so, yeah. this, so this is the reboot of um, the of Sabrina the Teenage Witch, uh, a bit darker yes. this time, as starring Kieran and Shipka. Yes, who is very good. I have yeah. to say, she's a she's quite a, she's quite a joy to watch, and it's it's so sure. that the overall premise is yeah going right back to the original a, a loose connection with the original Sabrina and the basis that. Um, her name is Sabrina, that her aunts have the same name, that she lives with her aunts. Her human boyfriend is still called Harvey. Yep. Um, and beyond that, from uh, oh, and her familiar is still failing the cat. Yep. Um, but beyond beyond that, really, all all resemblance ends. Yep. Um, so the, the principle is at the very start of series one that... Um, that she is having to try to decide whether or not she wishes to be part of the part of the witch world or the mortal world, and you know, low hilarity ensues um, along with quite a lot of a lot of dark things going on in the background. Yeah. Um, at the end of the at the beginning of the second series, she has predominantly made her decision, and life has has evolved in such a way. And then, uh, without, I'm trying to think how one gets to the third series without providing too many spoilers for anyone who hasn't yet watched series one and two. Um, uh, Stuff happens. Magic, a, teenagers. Yeah, blah, blah. magic, teenagers. Uh, uh, the devil. Uh, oh, okay. Grand, grand outcomes that aren't the ones that you expect are going to be the outcomes when you start at the beginning of the film. In fact, in the film of the series rather in fact you go you what now yeah. um but nonetheless are very well put together yep it's uh the cast are fantastic um you know just an absolute absolute joy i'm pulling up the list just to make sure i don't don't fail to mention anybody so um well it would help if i could type yeah it turns out i can't um so yes, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, full cast and crew has a particular note. Um, uh, Lucy Davis as Aunt Hilda. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, who is wonderful. Um, Jasper Miranda Carrot's Otto. daughter. Is she? She is Jasper Carrot's daughter, yeah. That's amazing. That may be my favourite fact of the day. Yeah. This uh, is good. Yeah, because I remember, um, I, remember uh, I used to see her in a whole bunch of stuff. I think she was in Ugly Betty for a while. And uh, and I was like, oh, yeah, she's really good. And it's like, you know, a British actress who just sort of like happens to be doing stuff in America. And then you, you look up and you're like, Father Jasper Carroll, you're like, what? How, how the, what? <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool. So much becomes clear and yet not all at the same time. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so carry on. Yeah, you said Miranda Otto. Uh, yes, Miranda Otto you is win. Aunt Zelda superb mm. um then uh michelle gomez uh plays character mary wardwell who is also always brilliant yep. and then richard coyle as the oh him the mostly bad guy yeah i mean it's it is a wonderful cast jeff from coupling <laughs> yes exactly and they are uh, and the much younger newer cast are all very good as well so it's it's well put together it's fun yeah they've they manage a good level of you know comfortable sinister feelings as you try to work out through all three series what's going on um it's there are periodically random bits of singing which are not frequently but every series which are often a little bit of a surprise or like a big um, sort of a impromptu musical or something Yes, of sorts. It's um, it's yeah, a little unusual in that sense, but again, is is done really rather well. The third series is not as good as the first series, it must be said, but it which was knock your socks off good. Yeah, but it's still very enjoyable, and I'm um, and I'm looking forward to um, to watching the next series, which will undoubtedly follow. Um, it will, I suspect, in the next series, jump the shark. Um, but I suspect will <laughs> will continue beyond that point anyway, because well, people will keep watching. Why not? Um, so yes, it's a very enjoyable, you know, three series to you know sit down on, on a sofa under under a blanket on a Sunday afternoon. It's not going to tax your intellect, um, but it will make you smile, uh, assuming you're comfortable with watching things about teenage witches yeah um otherwise you know not not so much um so i think i would give a, for the series for all three series overall i think i would give it a four okay um i think a five would be would require something a little bit more profound yeah, yeah. um i think i'm gonna have to give this series a three simply because the first one was so good and the first one might have pushed it up to a far towards a five um and everything has to balance out so yeah a solid three oh, all right cool good stuff a solid three for sabrina the senior witch a teenage witch season three um and you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna do is, um well first of all i just want to say karen and shipka i've she's been really good she's been really good ever since mad men and i've and she's like she's somebody who i've like since mad men i've been like oh i really really hope that good things happen for her hope she doesn't disappear <laughs> And so I'm really happy that she's in this. And I saw her in, like, I think it was Feud, Betty and Joan. She, uh, yeah, I'm quite happy that she's back. Or that she, oh, yeah. that she's she's making a career, which is which is pretty good. I'm really, really happy about that. And uh, you know how you were saying about how ever since you've you watched Joker and you've been thinking about it, the more you think about it, the lower down in your estimation it goes? Mm. 
I think I'm going to have to go back and give Queen and Slim a five. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I think it's important to be able to reconsider these. Yeah, but, no, because honestly, the more I think about this film, ever since I watched it, I was walking out of this, the more I think about it, the more it's grown in my estimation. Like, going mm-hmm. over it has just made it bigger in my mind. Yeah, I'm going to ignore the thing. I'm going to ignore the bits that I think, why was that there? But yeah. Yeah, it's a five. All right, cool. And so that's us. Now we go back to cinema. Now we're going to talk about The Lighthouse. Now, The Lighthouse, Mm. this is a film that everybody is raving about. Uh, But I do think that this is one that has actually been released too late for Oscars. So it isn't up for any Oscars, is it? It is up for one. Oh, let uh, me guess. For something really Best original screenplay. It could well be that. Let me just check. Uh... Oh, so it is up for Oscars. Oh. Yeah, because people people are uh, people are yelling about this film. Best like, cin- best cinematography. Oh, okay, I can see that. I can see that. I can totally see that. Even though, oof, even though I think nineteen seventy is going to win that one, but um, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, but I can I can see why that would be okay. So the lighthouse is up for that. Oh, that's surprising. That I guess okay. So this is a film. That everybody's raving about at the moment, but do you think it might be a little too out there for Oscar voters? Yeah, I do, <laughs> and I'd say so. That so that I mean, I've I pulled up the IMDb page to you know make sure I, I don't say the wrong thing. So it's directed and written by uh, Robert directed Eggers. by Robert Eggers, yeah. uh, written by him and his brother Max. It's um, the premise is two lighthouse keepers try to maintain their sanity whilst living on a remote and mysterious New England island in the 1890s. Now, courtesy of having listened to Mark Commode last week, I have learned all sorts of other random details about it, including the fact that whilst it is an original screenplay, it is um, loosely inspired by a very short story. Excuse me, I've just got to tell the cats to be quiet. Stop it! They're having a fight. Um, I think they have they have views about um, about cinema. They're not allowed to go and see films in the cinema. It's clearly a problem. Stop it! <laughs> it's, it's funny because the second I heard that sound, I was like, "Oh, that sounds like two cats having a fight." And I don't even know how. The, I don't. I don't hang around cats, but there's something unmistakable about cats having aggro with each other. Yeah. Well, what is currently happening is Callie is lying on the floor with her brother standing up, trying to hit her. He's now trying to give up and go and do something else, but she's not prepared to let him. So they're going to chase each other around the place. He's going to win because he's got 25% longer legs than she does and he can hold her away and smack her. But she will not admit defeat, even though he started it. She will now keep starting it until they both get tired. Okay, um, no, th- And they is, will be as annoying as they can. This, this is funny. This is funny, but it does sound a little bit, from what I've heard, like the plot of The Lighthouse. Mm. It certainly has something something to align with it. So yes, back to back to where I where I was before Callie and Max wanted to make their views known. So there is a short story by Edgar Allan Poe, um, very short, possibly even unfinished, about uh, its sort of four journal entries of a lighthouse keeper. Yeah. On a New England, all by himself in a New England lighthouse. Um, the premise of the film, in slightly greater detail, is you have an older lighthouse keeper, played by um, Willem Dafoe, yep. um, who is on this island, and then delivered unto him is Robert Pattinson as the junior lighthouse keeper, new to new to the work. 
uh, a bit odd. Yeah. Um, the cast is basically non-existent for all intents and purposes. There are only two, the only two people who are actually credited. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe. And there is also uh, uh, Valeria Karaman, who is the mermaid. There is one other character who is um, who is not not listed in the um, in the credits. Hang on, hang on. But it, you just said mermaid, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. Right. So uh, so we have our our two two gentlemen on who are both more than a bit odd um, on this lighthouse island in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, it, it is filmed in black and white. And for the first 10 minutes, I'm reasonably sure nobody says anything. So you have that element of thinking, Is are there words? Are there going to be words? <laughs> what, is, what, what, is, what is this we're about to see? Um, what I've also discovered is that the filming style is quite interesting and in that the, um, the um, my waving my hands around doesn't really help when you can't see the hand waving. <laughs> um, it's uh, so the, uh, the the aspect ratio of it is quite an unusual one. It's a very it's old square, one, and it's it? quite yeah, yeah yeah. So it's not the squarest, but it's the second squarest that you Four, can three. get, which changes something. Yes, like, like, uh, a, no, like an old not... like an old school TV. This is something like one one nineteen. Yeah. It was something very odd. It wasn't a classic four by three. It was something really bizarre. Ah, uh, yes, one point one nine to one. Okay, that's that is the thing I have learned, and it's a thing. Um, so the film is fun- fundamentally deals with these two rather odd men who don't like each other, who have nothing in common with each other, on an island in the middle of nowhere where one of them has to be awake at all times in you know maintaining everything so it, in the event of a storm or it getting dark the yeah the, the light can light can be lit um and uh robert pattinson's character is becomes somewhat obsessed with the idea of a a mermaid um, and you have all of these, and has also a huge amount of rage directed towards seagulls. So it's all, and, and there are huge quantities of seagulls. It's a very, very strange film. Um, and I can't, and whilst what I'm saying sounds, you know, incoherent and illogical. It doesn't get any better if you watch it. Well, it's, it's not that I'm struggling to, struggling to identify. You have two somewhat crazy people who do not look like themselves at all. So, you know, best hair and makeup going because if you didn't know it was that was them you wouldn't know it was them and they're wandering around an island getting drunk uh believing there are mermaids i'm still not sure whether or not there are mermaids um and and who knows what happened and who knows why it happens it's an entire film where i got to the end and went what? You see, now, now this is the funny thing, right? Because you said that you're a bit of but everybody I've heard who's tried to describe this film, including professional film journalists, has pretty much ended up sounding like what you're saying. It's like, yeah. it, it's, it's kind of, and it's like, every time I hear somebody try and describe this film, I'm like, this is one of the films I'm just going to have to watch to figure out what the heck's going on. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, you'll watch it and you still won't have figured out what the hell's going on because it, it makes no sense. So what's and the so what's the appeal if nothing makes any sense? 
It's a very interesting question, and I'm not honestly sure I can answer it. <laughs> and I'm, it's, I have very, very odd feelings about it. I didn't like it. I didn't enjoy it. But I'm very glad I've seen it. Yeah. Uh, and I feel that my my I've thought a lot as a result, not necessarily thought anything particularly profound. And yep. I don't feel like my understanding of the universe has changed at all. Yeah. It hasn't. Um, but it has, it is the film that I have pondered the most since seeing it. Oh, yeah. That I can remember. And that's quite an interesting position to be in, in yeah. terms of in terms of a film it's, uh, it has been it has you know occupied my thoughts i do feel like if a filmmaker can make you do that then they've done their job a bit i mean at least in part it's trying to figure out what the hell was going on yeah because yeah could have been almost anything frankly is it <laughs> real who was who you know they they clearly at times haven't any idea which of them is which they they're grasps of reality are so tenuous uh, okay all right anything's so, possible so if you so in that sort of anything possible what is going on is this real thing if you're going to compare this to the uh, did you see the darren aronofsky movie mother also mother i i have seen part of it but not all of it okay then never mind. i own it and i couldn't bring myself to watch all of it but i know enough about the film to understand that this is i think this is less mostly less weird than mother. than mother all right okay that's cool yes i think it's all rather i think it's i think it's easier to differentiate between some of the causes of their their mis- i mean some of it's just batshit frankly um but uh well, forgive the forget, forget the profundity no, no. Um, yet, but, yet, yet another word yet another word that i've heard used to describe yes. this from a lot <laughs> yes so it's you can much of it you can see how if you take it at face value with the possible exception of the mermaid um and a couple of other other slight oddities you could sort of see how much of this could be a thing okay then see. there are bits where you just go why why were you thinking this and then of course because it's all done in black and white and the movement is quite odd as well the best way i can describe you you know you sort of think 1920s uh, film, you know, good old black and white films where you know the sort of Dracula type films. Oh yes, where yeah, yeah, yeah. you know you've got your you've got your screaming woman, and there's always the the, the villains, or we have a sort of slightly, and, and I'm sort of miming it to myself, which doesn't really again help with you not being able to see what I'm doing, yep. but a slightly sort of crabbish run that's slightly slow. It's like the speed isn't quite right. Okay, and yep. they pantomime villainy, yep. and there are some bits in it where Robert Pattinson's movement is exactly like that, and you can't then quite work out if you're watching some sort of, uh, well, a sort of yeah, nineteen twenties black and white parody, which of course in some ways you are. Yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a film that does many many things, and I'm not entirely sure whether it does any of them well. But... <laughs> okay, okay, so we'll, we'll put you out of your misery of trying to try try and talk about this film without just sort of saying, "Well, this happens, and that didn't make any sense." So, how, how many stars would you and give? In fact, even I'm going to do it three because in some ways it's a five, and in some ways it's a one. Um, <laughs> and, and the only thing I've ever given less than a one to is cats. <laughs> well, said which that, I gave 
a solid zero too. Okay, having said that, um, um, talking about awards, did you see Rebel Wilson's um, mm. speech at the back? Oh Lord, yes, yes, I did. <laughs> because uh, have the, the, the Rebel Wilson is somebody who I have said and I have gone on record on the podcast as saying that I'm getting tired of her shtick, and when it comes to like, oh, when it comes to her being in the film. I am not so sure I particularly want to watch it because she does the same thing in every film. She's really oh, good I've at I've had that conversation so many times yeah. as well. She, yeah, she, yeah she, she's really good at that thing, but it's the same thing and I'm getting tired of it. But yeah. but I have to admit that that speech that she gave at the Oscars was a little bit glorious. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, at the BAFTAs. At the, 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 the beginning of it, I was rolling my eyes and going, oh, here we go. Yeah, so here we go. Rebel, it's Rebel, Rebel Wilson. Rebel Wilson being Rebel Wilson. She's, she's going to Rebel Wilson then, all over this. <laughs> yeah. But then she managed to be Rebel Wilson with something else. Yes. And I yes. was, yeah, I thought she did it very well. I think, uh, the, uh, the, line, the line about cats... The line about cats just—that—that <laughs> that, that kills me. <laughs> yes. Oh yes, it was good. It was a joy. And subject thereof, if you haven't seen the James Corden carpool karaoke shock horror video of the week, where it turns out sometimes he's not really driving. Oh yeah, I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you, you never believed it, but he has obviously had to come clean about this. Um, because everybody's in shock. Uh, people's lives are being destroyed. It <gasps> You're seems. not really driving. Um, it's like, oh, oh. So you think it's a good idea for a guy to? Oh, okay, besides, how are they filming it? Where's the camera? How's he? How's he able so to see past the camera? <laughs> apparently, mostly driving, just not when things would be dangerous. Which I was more surprised about, frankly. But there was. I will have to find the link and send this video to you because it's brilliant. Because he makes an excellent line in there about cats as well. <laughs> which just brought me so much joy and that for that alone it is worth watching the entirety of it oh yeah but anyway yeah. Rebel Wilson good line about cats which is which absolutely which is, is so close to rehabilitating her image in my mind but never mind okay, mm. so now okay cool after the lighthouse there's a way go. to go there is a way to I think she, I think she needs to because I like I quite liked her in Georgia Rabbit because she was turned down mm. she was turned yeah. down and she was being she was being directed and her energy was being used for something different. And I think like yeah. if she starts being pointed in that direction and like essentially I'd like to see her in a drama. I think then I would be up yeah. for that. But, but if she just shows up playing the sort of whole fat Amy persona in yet another film, I don't I, I don't have time for that. But... No, no, exactly. Being there, done that, got so many of those damn t-shirts. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. And now we go back to Netflix right. for a final thing, which is going to be The Good Place. Have you started watching The Good Place? I have seen the first couple of series, but I haven't watched more recently. All right. So for, for people who don't know about The Good Place, I mean, this is, well, this is, uh, quite frankly, I'm in shock at what it might be doing this show. It's a comedy. It's one of those single camera comedies. So you don't have like a, you don't have, it's not like a show where you have um, an audience or anything like that. And, it starts off in the first episode with Kristen Bell, and she's sitting down on a chair. She wakes up, and there's oh, there's words on the on a wall in front of her that just says "Welcome, everything is fine." And it turns out that she's dead, and she has come. She has made it to this place called the Good Place, which isn't entirely heaven, but it's just called the Good Place. So obviously, because there's a good place, you know, there's a bad place, and all that. And what ensues over the next, I think it's five seasons now, because they keep chopping and changing and doing weird American things with how they 
go for a mid-season break and then does that count as one season with a break in the middle or is it kind of two different seasons yeah it's it drives me nuts yeah the release schedule of the final couple of episodes of the final season because i I literally finished watching this before we started recording so the good place is now over it's done and the release schedule of the final couple of episodes annoyed the heck out of me because it's one of these most nowadays most of the shows that you talk about and create a whole bunch of buzz are released in one go but The Good Place is one of those ones that was still doing it week by week. So Netflix had mm. a deal to release The Good Place internationally, but it meant that they could only release an uh, episode week by week. So you would, you, mm. yeah, yeah, so they were only releasing that week. So it meant that it was just, sometimes it was quite frankly, it was annoying. And I, I did not know when he was coming back. I did not know. I, I watched, I remember when I watched the end of the, the first half of this final season and I was sat down there going, that's a really weird place to end it, but I mean that. I mean, this show has been brave, so it would. Then I realized, oh no, no, this isn't the end. We're just going to go away for like five weeks and then come back after Christmas. I'm like, oh, oh, oh okay. So, so it is clever, and it is one of the few. It's it's a comedy that essentially asks pretty much every single big question about who we are, why we are here, and whether religion has got it right, and if so, which one has. Uh, and as somebody who, well, somebody who is a Christian myself, and there's bits in it that I'm looking at going, yeah, I've thought that, yeah, I've thought that, yeah, I've thought that. I've thought it's like, yep, yep, that that links up. That I, I think that makes sense. And it's all about trying to figure out this whole thing of morality and how to figure out whether people are good or whether they're bad or whether there's any chance of people, if they're bad, getting to be good. And it has philosophy thrown in there because you have the it has well it has Kristen Bell, has Jamila Jamil, who I was really surprised to see show up mm. in, in it because I was like, last time I saw you, you were on Radio One. <laughs> you were you were you were, yeah. you were BBC Radio One. How how did this happen? But she's really, really good in it. A guy called Manny Jacinto, there's Darcy Caden, Ted Danson is awesome. There's a guy called uh, William Jackson Harper. Essentially the cast, there's no weak link in this cast. This cast is awesome. Even the people who show up randomly every now and then, like Maya Rudolph, who just show up randomly every now and then, they are all bringing their A game. And it's just such a, and it's, it's, it's kind of like watching a magic trick where you can see somebody right in front of you. There's a, uh, a friend of mine, Paul Newton, very, very good magician. I was just at a, a thing that he did recently. And he was doing a magic trick like about like the length of my middle finger away from my face. And I still mm-hmm. didn't see how he did it. I still, yeah, I was like, I was like, I know he's doing a trick, but I don't know how he did that. It, and this, this show has a very, very similar thing where it, it's like you're watching it go and you, you're not sure how they're doing this. You're not sure how they're making this thing funny and informative. And you realize that you're learning about philosophy and you're making is thinking, oh, yeah, hang on a second. Yeah, well, one second. OK, that's the that's the central tenet of that religion. But how does that make any sense? Is that actually fair? How does that work? Oh, and I think it's and it's a it's a show that throughout its run has just been it has been more than willing to totally destroy its own central premise and then you're like, oh, I thought I was watching a workplace comedy. No, nope, not watching a workplace comedy. I'm not watching like you know uh, an adventure movie. Oh no, no, I'm watching an adventure movie. I'm watching something else. And the final season, and especially the final episode, I think is just, it's just, it's just beautiful. As I, I told you, it was an emotional week for me. 
Mm, yes. <laughs> I, told, I, told, I told you it was an emotional week for me. I, I think it's uh, and it's it's just beautiful, and the way it goes on, and what happens, and where the characters end up, and you realize that you've been watching these people for five seasons, and you just really, really care for these characters, which is silly for a comedy, and but it manages to pack an emotional punch in certain areas, and some of the it just rings true to who the characters are, and it manages to give everybody something to do. It has. So it has tiny, tiny nods and cameos and things for people who are paying attention. And I just think it's a great, great show. I think it's one of, I think The Good Place is one of the great comedies of all time. When you talk about TV mm. history, I really, really do think that. It's, and once, once you manage to do something that is funny, but actually still manages to wrestle with the big questions of what is going on in life, I think that is to be applauded. I think it's a great show. Season four, I would give... Oh, season five or whatever. The final season. The final season of The Good Place. I would give that uh, a four. A four out of five. I think I would... It's, it's a bit like you, what you were saying about Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I would give overall... I would give the whole thing um, a five. The Good Place is a five. And I would say anybody go watch it. Unless you really don't like something intelligent. <laughs> then, then in that case, don't bother. No. But it's... Yeah. Yeah, but... Um, um, but yeah, I'll give it a four out of five. So yeah, that's it. If you have a chance, go watch The Good Place. And that is us. We have come to the end of the films we're going to talk about. I think I will leave you to go do some work and then drag Steph. Hang on, do you actually have any... Are you guys going to see any more films before before the Oscars yes. on Sunday? What else have you got? Yes. What else have you got we on your list? Have, um, we have still got to see... Uh, let me find my list. Uh, Richard Jewell. Which okay. I know isn't up for much, but but is up nonetheless. It's it's up for uh, best supporting actress for Kathy Bates. Yes, that's a weird yeah. one. Um, beautiful day in the neighborhood. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. and Parasite. Now, a beautiful day in the neighborhood is already down to a ten eleven forty five a day showing in the Odeon in Richmond, which has really surprised me. Yeah, well, you think it's bad? I can't find the lighthouse anywhere. <laughs> wow, lighthouse is still going strong around West London. As you would imagine. Oh, look at us! We're we're um, London. Oh, we get everything. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, it's also it's also West London, darling. So in West London, we like watching arty and sophisticated and interesting things yes, because that's yes. what people in West London do. We'll, we'll keep it um, on in the cinemas know. and we'll buy a ticket, even though we won't go watch it, even though we don't understand what the hell's going on. <laughs> well, if anybody can tell me what was actually going on in the lighthouse, I would love to know. <laughs> I'm hoping somebody will break it down for me in very very small words, probably with bullet points. <laughs> don't think that'll fix it mind you oh this is what this is what i want for my birthday which is not for another couple of months is somebody to explain the lighthouse to me <laughs> I'm just gonna and show. make it meaningful okay that's it i'll get you willem defoe robert patterson and robert eggers who will come in with a powerpoint presentation and go right now yes. here's where we go we're going to go through this thing scene by scene and <laughs> and explain what is going on good all right i uh, could totally work with that <laughs> all right okay so uh, oh we need to say who won this week who won this week netflix or cinema? oh yes so who do you what do you so, reckon i i think it's a cinema week oh. but it's quite close i think it's virtually a tie if you average it out because i gave the lighthouse three and you've given um uh Greenson five and we've done three or four. No, cinema has won. Yes, yes, cinema has won by by not point five of a star. 
So <laughs> well done, Cinnamon. Yes. We, we applaud you. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, well, uh, they are bringing out the big hitters because it's Oscar season. Even though some of the big hitters that they're bringing out for Oscar season were weirdly enough ignored by Oscar, but it's, yes, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but we've got a list of things to see already this year. There's at least another twenty films in our list so far, and if you include uh, Cats and our three on Netflix, we've got through one. Two, 13 films so far this year. What, what you and Steph? Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Well done, well done. This is bearing in mind that only I saw Cats. Uh, I, t- <laughs> I, took that w- I took that one for the team. She said there was no way she was going to do it. She just couldn't. And given I gave it a zero, <laughs> I feel she made the right call, as I'm never going to get over those bloody Jellicle cats. Oh, please, not that word. My life. Not that oh, word. Oh, no, no. Jellicle, Jellicle, Jellicle. No, no, please, not that word. Oh. <laughs> Had enough, had enough. All right, anyway, all that's left to say is a goodbye from me. And a goodbye from me. Yes, we will see you next week when I'm not sure if Sean or Sharon are back yet, but we'll figure something out. Anyway, bye. Yeah. <laughs> bye. Bye.